Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the award-winning Hospital Finance Podcast. Recently, Mary Devine, who is the Senior Director of Revenue Cycle Services here at Bessler, delivered a webinar on the latest OIG work plan, and Mary's going to highlight a few of those areas for us today on the podcast. Mary, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So um, let's talk about some of the impact that COVID has had on the OIG work plan. I think one of the first things that has come out uh, up as the impact to nursing homes. Why don't you tell us about that? Sure. Um, as we all know, uh, there has been a huge focus on nursing homes um, from um, a pan- from the pandemic perspective and really focusing on the containment um, of the COVID-19 since there was such a widespread in the nursing homes. So um, the OIG certainly has added um, a number of items to the work plan as it is focused on um, skilled nursing facilities. And one of the big areas that they did, what they did, CMS has began requiring all nursing homes to report to CMS and to their state and local health authorities on any breakouts or any patients that are diagnosed with COVID-19. And that must be done on a weekly basis. So the OIG is going in and auditing that. They're going in and actually going to report on whether the nursing homes are reporting to CMS or not. So they're going to review if there are any patients with the COVID-19 diagnosis diagnosed um, in a certain time period. And then they're going to make sure that those patients have in fact been reported appropriately to CMS and to the local and state authorities. So that is the first one that that has hit most recently, hit in June of 20, just recently. Then the other one that they're doing is they are focused on the containment. So they're going to focus on how um, the nursing homes are controlling the patients in and out um, from a perspective with the COVID-19. So they're going to be auditing some of the infection control as it relates to the nursing homes and making sure there is no spread. And likewise, uh, laboratories have been affected by COVID-19, of course. Uh, what's going on there? So, um, and that's a, that's a really big one from the perspective of um, the add-on test. So, um, through uh, the COVID-19 and the um, PHA, they um, waived the requirement for physician ordering of the COVID-19 test. And so what's happening is they are... Um, seeing a high increase in add-ons. You can do multiple um, tests on one specimen. So what they're going to go in is audit the number of COVID-19 tests and then the the add-on tests that are done for the rule-out. And so they're going to make sure that there is no fraud and abuse going on from or the overuse of the COVID-19 and and the add-ons. And in addition to that, it's, it's very important to know that with that whole waiver of um, eliminating the need for a physician order to do to perform the COVID-19 test. They're also waiving the um, physician conclusion as it relates to a diagnosis. So in the past, you could never diagnose from a lab test. 
but with the onset of the uh, blanket waiver that came out, um, not only does the physician not have to order the test, but the physician does not have to diagnose it. So you can diagnose right from that lab test. Mary, one might expect that um, with the surge in, in hospital um, visits due to COVID and, and uh, movement of patients in and out of different care settings, there was an impact to the transfer rule, and it's something that they're looking at. What, what's going on there? So from a COVID perspective and all the blanket waivers that came out, and this is unrelated to the, um, the work plan, but I, I think very important to mention, um, is that there are going to be a lot of patients transferring because the whole intent is to um, have patients with the COVID um, in a hospital setting together and then patients that do not have the diagnosis of COVID, they are in separate units. So they're allowing hospitals to transfer patients much faster between um, distinct part units um, and even non-clinical areas to, to house patients with COVID or that do not have COVID. So, you know, when you think about the transfer rule, you want to make sure that you are really tracking whether that patient is discharged or not, because or, you may have patients that are impacted by the rule and really shouldn't be. But one of the things that I wanted to point out as it relates to the work plan and transfer DRG rule is that um, they had um, accounts impacted by the transfer as, a, as kind of a blanket rule that they were going to be focusing on patients with a discharge status code of an 01. And in 04, because there were patients that were being transferred to home, but really did receive post-acute care and should not have been paid that full DRG. Um, and OIG had advised um, CMS that they needed to correct these audits, the, uh, their, uh, excuse me, their edits in their system. So they went ahead and CMS has corrected those edits. And as fast as they closed that one transfer DRG rule review, they reopened one in March of 20 um, to go in and make sure that those edits are actually functioning. So it, it opened in the same format on the OIG work plan. And this is now really there to test that these edits were in fact corrected, that if a claim gets submitted as a no one and there is a post-acute care provided, that the claim would reject. And one of the things that we're finding in the work that we do from a transfer DRG um, perspective for all, for our providers, Palmetto has overcorrected their edits, and they are rejecting um, many claims where there is not a post-acute care provided, but the claim is getting rejected. So we're, we're battling that with Palmetto. So just some real important stuff to think about as you uh, do a review for transfer DRG. And if you are in an acute care hospital and you'd like a safety net review of your transfer DRG claims, that is certainly work that we do here at Bessler and Mary leads that team up. So feel free to drop us a note at update at Bessler.com to get more details on how you can get started with that. Additionally, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, uh, Mary recently delivered a uh, large webinar um, on the OIG work plan with a lot of detail uh, that goes beyond what we talked about here today. So feel free to go up to Bessler.com, go to the insights page, click on revenue cycle, and you will see a link to that webinar along with the associated slides. Mary, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast and uh, talking about a few of the key elements that are contained in the latest OIG work. Happy to do it. 
This concludes today's episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.